If you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or get involved in the conversation on social media. Join the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at liveonfourlegspod. Hello, Worcester. I'm fucking with you, Worcester. I'm fucking with you. Worcester, Worcester. I've heard about ten different things. Uh, all I know is it's uh, a, a pretty nice and cozy room, and we're very glad you all made it here tonight. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett! Fucking camera in the truck. everybody now welcome to live on four legs a definitive live pearl jam podcast and we're back this week the second week of january and we're going through a lot of patreon requests this month the next couple weeks we're going to be focusing on requests from you if you signed up to patreon in the last year then you probably requested an episode and maybe it's coming during this little stretch but it's our little way of of giving back to you guys that have given a little bit to us over the last little bit and uh this is a patreon requested episode that we're doing today if you read it on paper you're probably like warchester what is warchester but you're obviously smart enough to know that it's not warchester it is worcester and i knew that and i'm all the way down here in the deep south. Right, right. But I mean, like, we got people down in Australia, in wherever. Like, Ed, Ed will go through in the show and he'll say, oh, 54 countries. Like, I, I can roll through the list of 54 countries if you wanted me to that have us at, at number one on iTunes. But I, I'm just saying, all those countries listen to us too. However, most of them are smart enough to know that it is Worcester, Mass. And it's not Worcester. Yeah. Oh, we we did chart in else. Malaysia for a short time, I think. So shout out to all the Malaysians out there. Yeah, all right. Hopefully none of you are bots, because yeah, we don't like we don't like the bots. They don't really do much for us. Anyway, let's kick it off. Traditionally, Randy Sobel over here, John Farrar over there. Hello, hello. Hi. So, um, what's the way to start out here? Like I mentioned, I, I think we got to give a little bit of a shout out to Matt Servadale. And he's been a patron yeah. for a while now, and this was his request. And, and something that, that happens is that sometimes we get through a lot of locations, and a lot of our people happen to be East Coast people, because it's just it, the mass amount of people just kind of seem to, to surround the East Coast. So it seems like we get a lot of New York-based 
Boston-based, Philly-based requests, and even like Chicago and and other you know big city requests. When you you do something big, you're from a big city. You you're going to request something from your area, and it feels like we had so much Boston related stuff that we were doing ahead of this so this kind of fell behind the pack a little bit but i made sure that it got really early into the year and that we're doing it today and and again i mentioned at the end of the last week's episode that i didn't really want to do too much lightning bolt this year but this is one out of the way and then we'll kind of get into that discussion at a later date as to what else from 2013 2014 we we can and should do so I could have gone to the show, John, and I don't know if I regret it or not, but essentially I went to Buffalo two nights before this. Yeah. And you know how how long of a drive that was to get from Hartford, Connecticut to Buffalo? How long? It was six hours. That's that's legit. It's yeah, but it was also a Saturday and it was kind of a spur of the moment decision. And I was I was just excited i just wanted to get to see them right away where else could i go where i didn't need a flight and buffalo fell into my lap it it happened to be easy and i was i was already going to the brooklyn shows which were this this weekend so i guess the worcester shows were tuesday wednesday if i'm not mistaken yeah the video on this says it was on a tuesday okay all right that makes a lot of sense so basically what happened was I, I, I just ignored these shows. I ignored the two shows in Massachusetts, which is obviously, if you're doing your, your United States geography right now, Connecticut, Massachusetts, right next to each other, adjoining states. And I said to myself, like, okay, those are, you know, work nights. And I don't think I was working late at the time. I think I had a pretty normal schedule for what I was doing. I, th- I think if I really wanted to be gung-ho and go to at least one of the two of them, I could have made it. But I said to myself, I'm like, oh, man, Worcester's really close to Boston. And that's going to be really far for me to travel to. I, I don't want to I don't want to go up to Boston because Boston was at least two fifteen, almost two and a half hours away, which also kind of not true, but kind of true. Three years after that, my wife and I go to a wrestling event in the same arena that this show is in uh, DCU Center. And I, you know, I wouldn't think to go to a wrestling event in Worcester, but this happened at the, at the time it was supposed to be an important event. So I said, all right, screw it. It's close enough. Hat off, whatever. And I went and I was living basically in the same area at the time. So it would have been the same amount of time car ride wise. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, two, two and a half hour. I'm, I'm bracing myself for when, when are we going to leave and, and how long is it going to take? Am I going to need a, a sitter for my dog? And we do the math and it's like less than 90 minutes and I'm kicking myself. I'm like, no, I could have, I could have drove that. I could have done that in one night. I could have came, if I wanted to go to both of these, I could have gone on Tuesday night, drove back, went to work, sucked it up. And then went back the next day and then spent the next night sleeping so I can go to Brooklyn on Friday. I would have sucked it up and done that. So three years later, I was a little pissed off at myself that I didn't actually take the time to figure out how long it was. I was just making assumptions, but I could have been at these shows. Hmm. You know, it's always interesting when you look back, because there have been some like that for me, too, where like I could have easily gone to 
Atlanta in 2000 and 2003. I just didn't. I just wasn't wasn't into it. Didn't didn't feel motivated to go. But like looking back, you're like that. It would have been so easy. But you know, you live and learn. Especially after this, where we didn't have shows for a long time. You know, I think you and I are both in the same boat where we don't want to let that happen again. And you 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 know you went and got a chance to see him last year. Yep. And now it's like I want to get as many chances as I can before it's gone for for good. Second other conversation here is just, we kind of made fun of this whole thing, Worcester, and and I figured I'd bring this into the conversation that, like, okay, why, a lot of you might be thinking right now, why why don't they call it Worcester? Why is it Worcester? And I did a little bit of research on it today, and the best of my knowledge, this is how I was able to figure it out, because it kind of, it derives from an old English, uh, uh, the word Chester, or I, I think it's Chester or something like that, it, it, the way that they pronounce it. That is a Latin word that derives from the word either town or camp. So the way that, and oh my God, I'm going to get killed by people in the UK. I get killed by them because I, I know, like, I, I, there are towns like uh, like Leicester, Leicester, and yeah. Leicester, right? Uh, uh, Gloucester or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm gonna get killed. I'm gonna get slaughtered yep. by them. Oh, yeah. But in their dialect, there are certain vowel sounds that they don't say, and that's sort of where this stems from. So you not only get that it, you're taking out the Esther part the s part of worcester and you're turning it to worcester but you're also adding in the fact that the normal massachusetts accent is something derived from hell and everything is a freaking vowel sound so you're turning what would be worcester into worcester so it's a completely different mentality. Yeah, I just I just I just call it the the goodwill hunting accent. Right. Well, yeah, that's that's yeah. the whole thing. So, yeah, yeah, it's that's that's pretty that's pretty much that. Uh, that's yeah. the best and look, I'm going to get I'm going to get Boston people at me. I'm going to get UK people at me and it's fine. I'm telling you right now, I might not have it right, but and if I don't, then put me in the right direction. I I'll admit when I'm wrong, but that was the best to my recollection is I, the way that I was able to kind of piece this together. And I only bring that up if anybody was seriously wondering. I think I even remember being like younger and even seeing people write it like W-O-O-S-T-E-R. Like people just didn't know. There was a pizza place called Worcester Street Pizza. Uh, and it was W-O-O-S-T-A-H. Hmm. And yeah, that that's just how they did it. But again, that was something I don't even know if I, I, I knew of it until I moved up into New England. I, I don't think it really kind of clicked in. I thought yeah. that that it was just Boston and then everything else. But yeah, it's it, it, it's its own little thing. So, OK, uh, other narratives in this. Look, it's Lightning Bolt Tour. It's the third show of the 2013 run and the first leg of the 2013 run. So a lot of these songs are getting their very, 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 very early look and, uh, you know, still kind of getting their feet wet with a lot of this and figuring out what they like. And at this point, everything had been played at the, you know, going into the show multiple times aside from getaway and sleeping by myself that hadn't been played at all. They, they didn't touch those until 
like the middle, like the the late first leg, and then sleeping by myself wasn't until much later in the second leg. So they know what they like and they know what they want to present to the crowd. It's loaded with lightning bolt songs, of course, yeah. but uh, you're getting kind of the early feel and the early process of where they wanted these songs and how they felt about them. Yeah, they're kind of feeling it out as to like what was going to stick and what wasn't. Because like some of these, you're looking like you get the lightning bolt, mind your manners combo, and that would become ubiquitous. Like you would get that almost every show. But then you get stuff like Swallowed Hole that like popped up a few times and then disappeared and let the records play without its sister song next to it. It comes a little bit later, but they're still just kind of playing whatever they like, you know? Yeah, pretty much. And and not only that, but add into the factor that this is the first widespread tour that they don't have an opener. So they're kind of, it's opened up, you know, they can go for three hours straight oh, yeah. and do whatever they want. And that kind of obviously from the beginning aspect, it, and this is really where they can sort of make the decision to ease into the show and play three slower ones more methodical ones instead of just playing one of those and then jumping right into more of the high energy stuff and you know while that idea wasn't developed on this tour it was made a thing on this tour it was, it was made it, it, it was made relevant so to speak however probably the most notable thing that you think of when you think of the lightning bolt tour is that pendulum was the opener essentially every single night and that's not the case here remember this is night number three so they they're they're working with pendulum they did it the first two they're working with it to, to see what kind of song it is to see if it works in that spot and i wonder if they thought okay this is the first kind of bigger city that we're playing not to insult pittsburgh or buffalo but the boston fans are are very high on the food chain kind of deal I wonder if they kind of saw that as, as saying, let's go back to kind of the old classics here. Let's let's give them a release into Long Road and see how that that opens up the gates. And and it feels like the crowd right away is, is on top of all of it and it works. And just for the statistical matters, Pendulum would be opened with every other show on the first leg aside for one, which would be the Voodoo Fest show. So it's essentially every single night that they choose. The opening of this show is a little unique. Did you know that this is the first time they had played release and long road back to back? Didn't officially know that, but yeah. not surprising. No, it's only happened three times. This is the first one. Then they did it. I think at the San Diego, I want to say at the sports arena later on this tour. And then the Fenway, not two, I think in 2016, yep. night, night one, 2016, night one, night mm -hmm. one. But I wouldn't know because I missed those two songs. So, <laughs> but yeah, this is so weird. And like, I'm going to talk about this a lot at this show because you get release into Long Road, and this is it's a seamless transition. Like, it's very well done, and both very like powerful. Like we talked about, it. if you get release, you know you're in for one of those like epic nights. Like, it's going to be emotional and it's going to be powerful, and like you you just hold on to your hat because here we go. And then, so you get released in the long road, and it's great. And then you turn around and go, small town, lightning bolt, mind your manners. And it's just like all of that kind of tension and momentum that you built up just kind of fizzles out. I felt like this was going to be a different kind of a show for them to be like, this is the first time we're going to do these two kind of, you know, backbone, epic openers together. 
and then it just kind of falls flat because you feel like yeah follow it up with a corduroy like get something like a go an animal like get into that section like let's let's have this go somewhere it, it just felt weird because this show doesn't have that kind of energy it's not that kind of tense kind of emotional heavy kind of night that sometimes you know we get with these Pearl Jam shows this is more of like a and the, and the 2013 tour is, is full of these it's full of it's just that they're having fun like it's more lighthearted, like just playing songs and you know there's not really a through line to connect a lot of this stuff it doesn't really have that so it just felt weird to me to to have this be these these two big heavy hitters at the beginning and then and then kind of not do anything with it i don't know if that's just me but it it felt a little disjointed here at the beginning I thought. you know i see where you're coming from but you, you mentioned like these shows are are so much more lighthearted than anything yeah. that they'd done beforehand and and like it's not shocking in the least that they would follow that up with elderly woman because probably from their aspect they're like okay those are two songs where we didn't really get to hear the crowd on what's something where we can bring the crowd in that's a good crowd you want to hear that crowd what's something where we can bring them in before we kind of get them riled up as a warm-up before and and look maybe lightning bolt minor manners before the heavier hitters like a hell hell and we'll talk about where corduroy's place in the show it's very interesting but like if hell hell was following elderly woman yet yeah, then okay maybe it, it works in that aspect but you are getting newer songs it doesn't suck the energy out but you know that that the people aren't in love with these songs just yet they like them they're familiar a little bit but they aren't in love with them yet so they, they it just needs time to to process and marinate a song like lightning bolt turned into something really good and like it oh yeah absolutely yeah, but here there i mean you're just getting a straight basically a, a straight version of it and it, it just felt weird to to like have this big emotional beginning and then like just follow it up with okay and here's some lightning bolt songs like yeah, throw throw a quarter right after that. Move hell hell up. It just I always say you know we can we can second guess these set lists till the till the cows come home. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but it just came off as weird watching it. And if I if I was been in the crowd, I would have been a little thrown. Let's kind of progress forward, I suppose. And you know we mentioned the new ones, Lightning Bolt, Minor Manners. That's that's the quintessential back to back, and it's always happening in this little area. Whether there's a corduroy or something before it. It, it, it's whatever the mix is it's usually back to back i've drawn the numbers up on that before i didn't this time but if this leg is 15 shows it probably happened 13 times so that's 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 the least that you need to know from that but i thought like individually lightning bolt stuck out to me in the in this show and i think it was just maybe what mike was doing was he was trying to figure out what worked solo wise and maybe because it was such an early rendition of this you, you tell with versions of songs sometimes that that the band it's not complacent but they kind of get comfortable with things and comfortable with things that become pretty typical and it felt like this solo and lightning bolt just was him trying to figure out what the solo and lightning bolt was going to be going forward and which made this one sound a lot different and very good i i i like this version more than most it kind of it, it sometimes you hear a song and it can re-energize you on the song a little bit and uh i we haven't listened to lightning bolt in a long time or if we had we just kind of passed through it but i like this version 
Money Matters got a trio of backup singers. I don't know if, if you noticed that, but not just Matt, but Mike and Jeff were chiming in yeah. on uh, yeah. Minor Matters as well. Like that, I, th- I thought that that was pretty unique for that. Yeah, this is a very good McCready show. If you're into the guitar stuff and the the solos and all that, this is this is a very good McCready night. I, I would say he would be the the standout from this one. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to argue that. I think I think you're you're you got a point with that one. Hell, hell, kind of following this up, and then we're parting to get the in between conversation with the crowd here. But hell, hell. What I want to mention here is that for about three or four months since the shows, since the 2021 shows, I was trying to think of what song had this like fast clapping beat to it. And I'm like, they, he, he does that because that was something that they implemented when they were playing Super Blood Wolf Moon. And I'm like, when, once he was doing that, it was kind of like the middle of the song when they were kind of building back into the final stanza of it. Um, Ed starts doing this, cl- and he, it's it's kind of like a pandering clap. It's like, come on, come on, come on, and it it, it was fine. And it's like, okay, it's just a little 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 thing that that he does with it, and it it, it makes the song kind of stand out on on its own. But he does the same thing in Hell Hell, and I didn't notice. Okay, that is something that was taken. Probably from from a song like that, or or it might happen in another song at some other point too. But he does the same kind of fast clapping beat in, in that too, and it just it re- reminded me of what they were doing with Super Blood Wolf Moon a couple months ago. Yeah, I, I can see where that'd be the same thing. Yeah, they I think they they've done do the evolution too. Yeah, that makes sense to get that really like kind of fast clapping going. Yeah, Hell, Hell's good. It uh, again follows up. Kind of stuck in between these kind of lightning bolt songs it's kind of a, an outlier but you know it's it's always good wherever you get it so it it kind of kicks the show up back into overdrive a little bit temporarily all right we're uh getting the speech time and he's just soaking into the applause and if i boy if i had a dollar for every single time on this tour where ed said where are my man mind your manners where are my manners it's fucking every night. It says the same exact thing. It's like clockwork, you guys. So, mind your manner. Where are my manners? Good evening. Hello, Worcester. Makes fun of the name a little bit. And then mentions that the Red Sox were winning the night prior and said it'll be a good good and a long night tonight. And we'll get to the Red Sox stuff a little later. I'll, a lot, I'll of, a lot of baseball here. A lot of baseball. There is some baseball, which which I like, and I think you're a little passive on, but that's yeah. We'll we'll work through it. So Sirens is the transition into even flow, and, and it feels odd because Sirens would usually be the one later on in this tour that would follow even flow that would kind of be like okay you, you had a high now kind of break it down into a little bit emotional I, I like it that way the way that they have it here with sirens going into even flow yeah. i don't know if i get the energy for even flow after hearing sirens yeah it's a little i mean this is only the third ever version of sirens so you know right they're playing they're uh, they're playing around yeah yeah, it's just we're we're here at the spot so let's have a conversation that that's all this is yeah i think to me it it felt like it was because these three in a row after sirens you get even flow like you said and then you get nothing as it seems as well it felt like it was put here to give mccready like a little mini opera moment here let him do his thing in in multiple spots it felt like 
they were he was testing it out with with even flow to see if it was going to be they could make like a macready theme out of these yeah i can see that and and look it, go, it can go a little bit further too they do red mosquito afterwards and how's that not a macready song you know that's yeah. that's yeah. a little four song section where he's the standout of of all of it yeah i i, I sure I, I i can see that and and maybe from that aspect of like okay this is very macready heavy but you know what a lot of 2013 and moving forward here, they kind of know that the excitement from a show comes from Mike. And while yeah, the storytelling yeah. aspect of a show comes from Ed, they want Mike as much as possible to excite the crowd, which is why you, you see Red Mosquito more often now than you did early mid 2000s. Nothing as it seems comes back a little bit more than more of the binaural songs because they know it can be a mic moment. And I think that they, they just want to fill in that hole as much as they can. Yeah, Red Mosquito has been played 14 times since the show. And you might think, oh, that's not very much, but they haven't been touring a lot. Like you're only looking about at it, right. a few years. So yeah, comparatively, that that's 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 pretty standard. And then they've played it like what four out of the last five or something. Yeah, something like that, right? I, I think I, I I make a note during Red Mosquito saying where's where's Danny Clinch on this right. one because you get right. so used to it. But backtracking just a little bit, the even flow stuff, you can kind of sense that at some point they're going to go back to the Cameron solo stuff. And at the Brooklyn show, it would be a couple nights. It would be I think that Saturday, Cameron would do a phenomenal drum solo and have probably one of the best that I heard from the song. It's it's a tremendous version from that Brooklyn show. And you can tell here, it's like he's got a little bit going on, but it is short enough to just make it just a transition going into the back end of the song. But you can see that they're thinking about it at this point. And I thought that that, that, was, that was interesting and that that's kind of leading you to some other spots down the road that they would get to. Yeah, and a Cameron solo is always welcome and even flow. I always love when it pops up because, you know, when you get those, like, 2006 ones, you expect it. You know it's going to be like a, he's going to do a big thing where he's going to start doing that rhythm and go off on it a little bit. But whenever it pops up, I always like it. I always, you know, I think it's a good transition from from Mike's solo, which is, like, here it's just a master class. Like, he's just doing all of the stuff that he does. And it's a nice way to, to transition back into the big chorus and the big crowd sing-along part. So always like it when it shows up. And we mentioned Nothing As It Seems would follow that up. And uh, I thought that this was, um, out of the stuff that happens in the main set, this is one of the, the stuff that ranks a little higher for me on this. And, and I think I made a comment the last time that we covered Nothing As It Seems, and it was a late era, Nothing As It Seems, that it was a little bit faster than usual but in this version it feels like stone is just so hypnotic with the rhythm and it just feels like it's just at this progressive motion that it just feels like a a perfect pace setter and usually if it's a little bit upbeat if it's a little bit faster i'm like okay i like my nothing as it seems to be more downtrodden and give me some soulful mic but it led to mike actually a little bit more upbeat and fired up in this A blanket like the ozone. 
kind of always talk about where Mike is with his solo and kind of it being the voice inside of him that, that comes out. And in this, he's just like, this happiness. I'm going to make this happy song. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little strange. I think I, as I was listening to it, I think I got to the end and I forgot to even take any notes on it because I was just kind of listening to it, just losing myself in it a little bit. And it was like, you wait for that whale and you wait for that big moment. And like, yeah, I agree. It did It did give off a little more of a positive vibe than nothing, nothing as it seems normally does. I mean, it kind of ties along with, with what I said at the beginning with the release on Long Road. Like, those are normally these big powerful like pull at your heartstrings kind of songs and and they just they just don't have that here but i mean that again that's not a bad thing you don't always need that like if you're in this crowd and you're you're having a, a blast like yeah just watching mccready do his thing i'm not trying to disparage the show at all i'm just saying it's a different thing than what what sometimes we we're used to or sometimes we get at other shows and that's okay again different era like this isn't 2000 2000 is going to be a totally different thing in amongst itself like the people that went to those shows in 2000 that were kids in 2000 in college or just out of college are now going to these shows potentially with their children and and the band has children so it's just it's a different mentality from all different ranges and sizes there like that that that's all it is to understand that there's different structures to the song i think is a good thing and i think that's a little bit of why we exist at least so we transition from nothing as it seems into swallowed hole which we don't talk a whole lot about on this show because it's only been played 15 times we probably covered it about six something like that we don't get to talk about it and when i when we do i i always call it their attempt to recreate unthought known's magic and how it just never quite reached it in another alternate universe maybe the crowd does attach itself to it but you know second performance and they're still marinating on it a little bit it seems like the band really likes it it seems like ed is really really into it it's it's one of again one of ed's like atmospherical songs that that he wrote so like i I think those are the ones he enjoys the most but it's just even it being a new song and from that point forward it feels like it's kind of typecast as being the transition from one into the next. And even so that that I didn't even press enter on my notes that nothing as it seems in Swallowed Hole weren't in the same paragraph. So I saw that nothing as it seems went into Red Mosquito instead of nothing as it seems went into Swallowed Hole. That's how, that's how forgotten this got here. And that's how much of a, a, I guess, seamless transition it was. Yeah. Yes, well, I always have to kind of do a double take because when I'm taking notes, I'm like, the song starts, I'm like, okay, it's on thought, no. And I have to be like, wait, no, it's not. It's Swallowed Hole. I don't even think it's a bad song. I just think it's it's almost just too generic. It's kind of a, has a mean kind of undertone to it, but it's just a, almost a more generic version of Unthought Known. Like I said, it's an, kind of an attempt to maybe recreate that that Unthought Known. And, and Unthought Known's great, and they, they play it later here, and it's good, and it, it soars, and it does all the things. It's, it's one of the better songs on Backspacer, hands down. But, yeah, this is just, it almost seems forgotten. I mean, you, you sit someone down, even even hardcore Pearl Jam fans, you sit them down at a table and, and tell them to start naming Pearl Jam songs. You're going to go a long time before before they pull out Swallowed Hole. Probably, and I think it's not just that it's generic, it's that Unthought Known is really easy to sing. It has a lot of moments right. that you, right. like, lyrics in the song, gems and rhymestones, like that 
just speaks to that line stands out like dream the dreams of other men then you'd be no one's rival like that's a great line Swallowed Hall doesn't have any lines like that it doesn't yeah. have anything really that memorable aside from and if you really want to make the correlation the song title is actually in Unthought Known which is I guess a hidden uh, yeah, yeah. way for us to say that that's why those two are connected so yeah. uh, alright I think we move forward we got some uh, no code and Vitology to talk about like we mentioned uh, Red Mosquito before and Red Mosquito is going to go into Whipping which is going to go into Corduroy so we got a little bit to talk about here again Red Mosquito great loved it Mike is on fire for the fourth time out of five songs very very good no Danny Clinch but you know shit happens and he's following Bruce around or something like that whipping and I don't know if you heard before that it wasn't an, an add-on to the set. It was on the set list originally because I checked the, the set list originally, and it, it, it seemed to be there. Actually, no, I, Whipping and Corduroy, I think, were added because I think mm. there's there's a little arrow that's going down uh, in between Red Mosquito okay. and, and Infallible. So, yeah, they were added, but you hear Ed in the background say, let's do Whipping, let's do Whipping. So that was, that was kind of cool, And but Whipping is one of those songs I think you clearly want to hear a 93 through 95 era one, but I thought that this was a, was a banger of her version. Very, very good, and highlighted by how ridiculously fast Matt's playing, especially towards the end. It, it keeps it keeps going, and it feels like it's, it keeps picking up steam as, as it's going along. getting whipping in in this era is is very cool and like yeah for him to just be like hey let's do it add to add it to the set list like this you're like yeah it's totally cool and be comfortable with it too yeah and yeah like it can be a little off in the later years as you as want to happen when the song they don't play very often anymore but yeah i thought it was i thought it was great and this this whole show just has like like i said kind of a lighthearted, kind of a fun vibe like the band's having a great time ed's in a good mood crowd's great you would normally like you'd look for you know whipping to be intense and like we're gonna focus on like yeah it was like snarling lyrics and yeah mike like just like doing that little guitar thing and just just going for it but yeah this is just like kind of a this it mean it's not bad it's it's just fun and great and i i i liked it i don't have that much else to say about these it's just a very nice version what I will say about whipping is that it, I mean, it was played five times on this leg, which is hmm. more yeah. than you would think. But yeah. in the first week or so, because they would play it at one of the Brooklyn shows, they also opened the tour playing it with, that was the Jason Gurley thing. So uh, right. when he came on stage, they, they played whipping because I think whipping was his walk up music. So it was something that they at least felt comfortable and wanted to do at the time. So corduroy, which you you said like give 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 you corduroy after elderly woman or after long robe, but corduroy's like dead smack in the middle of the set before, and it feels like almost like there's a couple of different 
sets here. Like there's like pieces of shows and not full shows because Corduroy kind of ends a section and then Infallible kind of starts something else, but it's different. It's hard to kind of put my finger on, but this version of Corduroy is actually very, very good. And it's the song just still, even at this point, just massive surge getting to the next level like mike once again is getting his hands on just another incredible solo and they're just having a blast a mid-set performance like maybe it reignites things a little bit and maybe they're just just feeling good about just hey this is a song we're super comfortable with that we love playing that that they love hearing let's give it to them before getting into a song that they're not going to be very familiar with live good it just didn't stand out to me anyway as being you know it, it wasn't bad it wasn't you're you upset know, that there was no pry to in between them that that would have been something that, <laughs> that would have been something that would have made me sit up and take notice all right back to ed toastworthy moment here when you don't know people are growing up and no one accepts you for who you are Everyone knows you for who you are on the outside and don't know what you have to offer. It mentions that it's their 17th or 18th show there in Boston, and he's considering Worcester, Boston, which, I'd, sure, okay. Uh, but hearing everyone sing along to the songs and seeing them all in the streets the night before, you know, when they were they were out uh, at, at the Red Sox game, it, this job allows you to be accepted by large groups of people, and it's a tremendous feeling getting through the rough patch and seeing everyone's as friends, and then everyone be friends with one another. So very few places like Boston, then you'd rather be recognized. A little hat tip to to the local area there. Can't disagree with that. Boston, very, very passionate bunch. And also, if, if you get on the people of Boston's good side, like you can make friends very, very, very quickly at, at, at a Fenway Park. As long as you're saying the right things and, and talking to the right people, you can, you can make friends very, very quickly in Boston if you wanted to. But you can make enemies just as quick. Uh, okay, the next three packaged together, it's going to be one off the new record, then one off the last record, and then one off a couple of records ago. Infallible and Got Some and To Save You. I don't have much on Infallible or Got Some. I have a little on Save You, but yeah. really not even much. It's just yeah. a touch faster. The Hartford 2013 show would be a little over a week later. I remember that one being really fast. 
And this one has a clapping se- section over the, the baseline as well. So mm-hmm. we can add that into the equation. But I, I mean, you're coming off Corroy and infallible off the new record doesn't quite take you to that level live just yet. Like it's one people kind of need to process. And the, the album came out that day, which I kind of yep. don't yep. Rem- seem to remember. Cause I feel like I had it well before that I was, I, I definitely had it by the time I was riding up to Buffalo, but it's one that if, if your feet are tired, you're, you're going to maybe perch yourself down uh, for one on this one. I think. Oh, see, I'm I'm team infallible. This is I know you maybe, are. I know you are. But I'm my speaking, favorite song on Lightning Bolt. I'm yeah. speaking overall terms right here, and, yeah. and kind of yeah. the the grand spectrum of of people and their intake of the song. Yeah, and again, only the third time they'd play it, so people really maybe not sure what to do with it. But yeah, I, I thought it was really good here. Actually, I don't mind the the corduroy into infallible kind of transition. You know, I know there's there's a speech there, but that that didn't seem weird to me to get infallible after corduroy very good and you know you are not a fan of got some we the fans of the podcast will know but i thought got some was it was fine it felt good had a good energy to it save you is one that you know the last few times we've gotten it I, it's really stuck out to me and been like whoa that's a highlight like that's that's something to go back to and that's something that sticks out but here it, it felt like it just kind of blended into the part of the pack just you know unfortunately kind of you're right the pack yeah, yeah, and that, that's that's whole right. that's that's kind of the whole part of this main set that I I don't know if it's it's disjointed, but it all just seems to kind of like it all just meshes together. It was hard oh, to pick out twenty songs. Big, yeah, very long. Yeah, hard, it's, hard to pick out like big moments from this. It's an hour forty five, an hour yeah. fifty, and to be honest with everybody listening in right now, that's why I want to stay away from the lightning bolt stuff especially if you're doing the like late era shows, like say next week we decided to do a 2016, like they're all like this and you just need to differentiate it sometimes. And maybe at some point later this year, we'll be like, okay, we're, we're ready for a lightning bolt one, but it just, an hour, like an hour 45, an hour 50 long main set is a lot. And I know you guys don't care about the research that gets put into it, but for the bodies that that do give you this podcast, it is it is a lot. We we got, we got kids, and it's like stuff happens, and and you want to take it in and process it all at once, but it's it's very difficult to. So, just gonna move forward from that though. Ed is mentioning the access venue that I believe they played in 1991, and tells a story about a Boston cop. They were beating up a kid at a Polaroid, and I took a picture of all the cops beating up a kid. That's such a that's such a 1991 thing to do. So mm-hmm. a big guy came over, tried to take the Polaroid and rip it in half, and then made himself look silly by doing so, because have you ever ripped the Polaroid in half? Well, it's all flimsy, and it's obviously the science is there where yeah. you can't do it. Right, so big old, big, big bad Boston cop got pretty embarrassed and said, we probably played this next song at the Access. Drop the leash, guys. Um, weird. This is the 17th song, and you're getting close to the end of the main set. But the way that this is all packaged together, the last four, Leash, Let the Records Play, Evolution, Better Man, I was not a fan 
of Leash casually being in this spot and then going to a new song right after. It feels like you could have picked up so much more steam, like you want to save it for for later. I always love Leash going into Porch. I think that that's a perfect song to transition into it. I mean, it reminds me of 91, 92. That's probably why. But to get it just as this, like, okay, here, here you go. And then have it be a version that's just not the most powerful version. There's no lucky face, thankfully, but it's not the most powerful version that fires you up at all. It's just, the whole thing feels odd. Well, again, it, it, it just feels like it's lost in the shuffle here. Yeah. You know, normally it's when we talk about Leash in the 2000s, it's getting a prime spot in an Encore 1 or an Encore 2, or it's, it's getting highlighted like it's, it's a big moment. But this didn't feel like a big moment. And even the speech, like I'm listening to Ed tell the story and I'm like, okay, cool. Like we're going to get a little insight into like when Leash was written or he's going to be like, yeah, and I went back and wrote this song and like that would have been awesome. But then it's just like, oh, and we probably played this one that night. And you're like, well, that's okay. You probably did. Those um, people that are Boston people, like that's not the Boston connection to Leash. It's 2006 where Leash comes yeah. back for the first time in 12 years. That's that's the thing to talk about when it comes with Leash. Yeah, it just it just felt like a not a missed opportunity, but just a it didn't feel like it had the big like weight behind it that it should have. Yeah, I, I think that Leash could have been a really good moment in the show. And it's cool. It's had a, it been I in love the when they play it. I, it's not a bad version, but it it just it didn't stand out. For some reason even later versions and we could go we could go through this if we really wanted to and look at like the last you know 20 versions of leash but i would think that outside of greenville most of them are in the first or second on oh yeah yeah so to get it as kind of like a it's not quite a penultimate song and that's the weird part about it because it should be at least at the very least a penultimate and it's not even that it's a yeah. okay let's play it and then let's kind of get you into a new song that you aren't quite familiar with because it, yeah. it, it didn't get released yeah. as a single and that let the records play doesn't benefit from that and it's unfortunate because this is actually a really good version of let the records play if they would have flip-flopped and had records play then into leash then into evolution then you kind of you pick up some steam after leash a little bit evolution leash like okay you feel pretty good about that and you're ending with Are better you? man like that, that you? that's pretty okay or even flip Spin the Black Circle on Leash. Like, put Leash in the encore, have Spin the Black Circle paired oh, with Let the Records Play. I don't know they weren't doing that yet, and they, they would pick up on that eventually. But yeah, that's... Actually, that later sense. that week, they would. It happened yeah. in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, and Let the Records Play again. It's fun. McCready's, you know, doing the solo behind the back. They're having a good time. It's It's got the swampy vibe that, that you want and Let the Records Play. Sounds great. Only the second performance... But yeah, just weird to follow up a big thing like Leash with with okay, and here's a deep cut from the new record. Yeah, it di- it didn't quite work. There was a way to make this all work, and it just missed the mark, unfortunately. So, all right, two songs left at the end of this main set. It's Do the Evolution, and then Better Man would come right after. And, and Do the Evolution. This was at a time where South American versions were starting to rub off on the North American crowd, and this is okay. traditional here. 
they there's no like whoa oh, oh this is this is admire me admire my home and you know ed's vocals are fun it sounds like he's kind of in that sweet spot of of pretty drunk but still coherent enough where he's able to to not be a mess but but fun and, and embellishing when he needs to embellish and uh, that's that's it evolution is just one but i thought it was interesting because the buffalo version and the next two that i would get i, I know we're kind of skipping the next night at worcester but the the ones that would happen at, at brooklyn would would all be uh they would be south american style versions do the evolution a lot of times it feels like they're really pushing especially jeff is really on point and trying to hit that one and going for it and this one especially, I think you the during the right before the admire me, admire my home part, it feels like they just kind of like no one goes for it. Like they just kind of like let it hit and let it fall. And then they pick it up. Just didn't feel like it had the same kind of energy. But again, having fun, that's not a critique. That's just it's just a different way to do it. And again, they're just having a having a fun time playing it. If I'm to be nitpicky about, you know, the the why factor of that. It's that evolution is, it's inevitable. It's every single night, essentially. It's one that it's just like, okay, where are we doing evolution tonight instead of like, what can we do with evolution? So I think it's just, okay, like, let's do it. Let's figure it out. But I'm sure sometimes on this tour they did. They're they're still good versions. They still can go out and do that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely are. Yeah. Yeah. This this just isn't one of those, this isn't one of those big moment heavy shows it just doesn't have that vibe let's finish off the end of the set here and ed is going to address the crowd who he says any plans for tonight because we can keep playing here we can stop playing if you want to watch the dodger game or the cardinal game and that gets booze and hisses from the crowd of course but he mentions they, they had the incredible opportunity to go to fenway last the the night before this thanks to the old friend theo epstein who was uh general manager or pobo of, of the cubs at the time and we witnessed a baseball miracle with Fenway fans. The unbelievable play that happened. And I believe it was a grand slam hit off the bat of David Ortiz where the center field fielder, Tory Hunter, goes back on the track and flips over the wall. Pretty crazy sight. And I remember watching it live. And what's actually funny is that he told this same story. He, he mentioned the same moment and said he was there. At one of the Fenway shows, I can't remember which one it was, but it was one yeah, of the I knew floor. you would remember this moment, because I'm listening to this, and I'm like, I have no idea what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, of, of course, yeah. This, I mean, yeah. look, I, 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 worked in, I worked in sports for eight years, and like, this stuff is ingrained in my memory sometimes. Here's the thing. My original memory, when Ed said that, was that I thought that this game was when I got back to the hotel... In Buffalo, I thought I went and I put this game on and I saw that moment, but it would be the following night. It would be the the next yeah. night that that or the Monday. He he said Monday or I, I'm not sure if it was Monday or Sunday. It was either of those dates that that happened. But my memory seemed to be always that that. And I I know I watched some baseball game after the Buffalo show, and I don't know if it was something important that happened or, or what. But I guess in my head, it was always this. So when Ed said that, oh, I was there at whatever Fenway show he said that at, I'm like, no, you weren't. You were in Buffalo. You liar. You weren't there. <laughs> but I was the one that was wrong on this one. Yeah, I yeah. know Ed, Ed's made some mistakes on facts and figures before, but no, I, it was me. I raised my hand on that. But says, 
it was such a miracle that now I have a strong belief in God and his name is David Ortiz and he wears number 34. And hey, maybe by this time that this episode comes out, he will be Hall of Famer David Ortiz. They end the set with Better Man. Crowd taking over and at this point, listening to it, it's just like you're hitting an hour 45. You're like, this is insane break it up just a little bit like i like the sweet spot is is 17 18 like that's mm-hmm. the sweet spot right there and none of these I, songs I was ready are, for this main set to be over yeah none none yeah. of these songs there's no like lucan in this to kind of like pad the numbers there's no you know whipping is kind of fast but it's not like most of these songs are three to four at least three to four plus minutes there's no Lucid and setting forth are usually the ones when you look at a set and you're like, whoa, 19? Oh, well, they, they did one of those, and that's that's the reason why. But nope, all of these, this is just 20 straight-up songs. And give credit where credit's due, because Better Man is a very good choice to end this main set, other than, like, you would, you know, the rearview mirror would be the other big choice that you were normally get. But I don't think rearview mirror would fit after all of this. Like, Better Man is the... Is it would the be fun, happy-go-lucky, like, yeah. big, you know, the big, you know, rock ending and, like, the big jam. So, yeah, it, it makes sense that, that Better Man would be the end of this main set. And it, it's a very good version. There's a couple of things, like, and Mike comes over to Ed and they jam a little bit. Like, Mike goes over to Boom at the end, kind of foreshadowing a little bit of what would happen at the end of the show. Save it for later bit is great. I'm sure you, you wrote down all the, the stuff about the cities that they talked about. Don't run away to New Jersey, yeah, don't run away fun. to Pittsburgh, don't run away to Seattle, but if you do, say hello to the guys for me. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it was cool. Yeah, um, yeah it was fun. You know, better, better Man at this point is always going to be on top of its game and, and good and the crowd. It's going to be a lot about the crowd response. This is a good crowd. Good crowd is on top of songs that they that they know by heart, and this is this is one 100% that they're always going to know. And you're finishing a long set, but it's a nice finish to to a long set. So, all right, here at the encore, time to pause for station identification. This, as we mentioned before, is Patreon requested episode, and if you want to get in on the action a little bit over at Patreon and get some exclusive episodes, not just that, but get your own where we can talk about your show and tell your story then uh that that's that's what we do through patreon and it it helps out the show and some of the things that we want to do when uh they're going to go back out on tour this spring so hit us up at patreon.com slash live on four legs there are three tiers the bonus leg is going to get you everything and all the content the giga leg is going to get you the request but i'm going to get into something in a second that it's going to it's going to be a little bit of a change of mindset here and it's going to get the gigaton leg is supposed to get you the request and then the horizon leg is going to get you everything and a profile episode and a credit on our website and a profile on our website live on four legs.com contrapedia i should say what i plan to do i just decided all right why not is that you know a lot of people that have been patrons for a long time it's been about two years now and some people have had their episodes, some people haven't. I'm at this point where I want everybody that's been a patron for, you know, a good, a good while, a good amount of time. Look, if you've been part of the bonus leg for a couple months, for six months, a year, give us a request. We'll put it on the list. <laughs> We're not going to do it next week, but we'll put it on the list. We'll edit. We want to see what you got at this point. We yeah. want, yeah. we want to change it up. And even for you guys that have had requests before, we're open to taking second requests now. I think that's the big thing. Like we just, 
we we want to see what else is out there. We want to see what else you guys got in your arsenal. And I talked to a couple people that have put in their requests and they're good shows that I haven't dug into before that I'm excited to dig into. And uh, maybe it'll be this year. Maybe it'll be early next year. Who knows? But those are things that we get excited about. We get excited about the one, look, we're going to have a couple months this year where we do some specialized shows. We're going to do some vault shows. We're going to do some very unique shows that's going to kind of be part of a a size month. We're going to do shit. We're going to do Unplugged. This is the 30th year anniversary. We're going to do Unplugged and all of those, you know, Den Hog, Rotterdam, Utrecht shows. We're going to do all those and leading up to Unplugged. So that's all stuff to look out for. But that's all stuff that, like, we feel it's necessary to do. I think what we get excited about are the ones that we're just completely unfamiliar with and it catches off guard. And, like, you know, I, while wasn't really unfamiliar with this show, Next week's show, completely unfamiliar with. So just just yeah, throwing that out there for everyone. Yeah, And I'll say, too, and we, we haven't talked about this lately, but uh, we do have a Discord, and it's not just for patrons only. So if I know Discord's new for a lot of people, a lot of people might not be familiar with it, but it's like community-based social media. It's a lot of fun, uh, a lot of good stuff going on over there, a lot of stuff that we don't talk about anywhere else. So if you're on Discord, uh, if you're interested in that, uh, send us a message, and we'll send you a link. It's a lot of fun. You might notice if you follow us on social media, uh, where we are putting together some, I guess, some polling aspects. We're asking people what their favorite shows from specific years are, and if you see that show that that we're excluding dates, it's either because we've done the show already or because we're going to do the show in the future. So we're trying to we're trying to get people excited about what to vote on, and one of the things through the Discord that that we've been doing is is taking all of those that have been suggested and finding four to put out as a leader Twitter poll to be like, okay, what's the show that you guys want from '91 to get thrown into the mix? And that stuff will all all come a little bit later, but that's the kind of thing we're 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 taking the nerdism and we're really digging deep down into it in the discord. So it's, it's good for people that are already like that, but it's also good for people that are like, okay, who else? I don't know anybody that is this nerdy. How can I be more of a nerdy Pearl Jam fan? How can I be, how can I learn more? Like we just, we, we got old school people that are hanging out in there, you know, talking to the hallucinogenic recipe guys, which by the way, since we're talking about Patreon, put the Zerg 92 episode out on Patreon. So if that's something you're interested in, that's over there again, patreon.com slash live and four legs. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff to, to keep in touch about and communicate with us on. Uh, but probably the best thing that you can do is just keep listening every week and keep, keep into the podcast. So back to the rock, we get back from break and Ed mentions, Hey, we got a little time. Let's sit down and play a few from here. And uh, the, the sit down section, pretty standard for 2013 get a couple acoustics get a couple of quiet ones for sure shouts out to all of the people behind the stage and subscribers to modern drummer to get a look at matt cameron that's going to be a point we're going to bring up once uh last kiss comes along that uh a little interesting i think we were a little deceived but anyway this next one is dedicated to one of the greatest writers of all time howard zinn i think about how every day it still feels like he's around and he's here somewhere with us tonight if we didn't mention it before, but I had made a note of it, uh, one of Ed's guitars actually has a, a sticker yeah. that says Zen yeah, on it. it. Does. Yeah. So, and anytime they go to Boston, you'd even see it the next night, song specifically written with Howard Zen quotes down. 
Down's played, and I mean, usually, usually Down is in the set list when whenever they come up this way. Yeah, I think this one it kind of changed because like after he after he passed, they started. I don't think this is the only time they dedicated it to him. No, uh, man of the hour, probably yeah. not. I, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, this is he. He's somebody that even even to this day, I think they did at one of the Fenway shows. They did down. I think they mentioned him real quick. But yeah, he's somebody that that kind of never gets forgotten in the fold for sure. And man of the hour is going to be the one that gets dedicated to him. Uh, the acoustic setting looks really nice. The orbs are all lit up orange. Ed takes the first verse and chorus kind of by himself and the rest of the band follows in. It's a pretty good version, if not a tad bit clunky, but not the yeah, best there, version of Man a, of the Hour ever. There's a snafu halfway through, like they lose it for a minute. Like, I don't know what happened, but it that almost falls apart. It almost falls apart and then they, they kind of have to pull it back up to, to back to where it was, yeah. The professionals, that's that's what professionals do. They they, they find ways to th- fix things or else it becomes a total yeah. disaster. So you don't see total, total disasters of things too often. So yeah, they're, they're on their game. Uh, so okay, in between Man of the Hour before going into Yellow Moon and then probably a, a big uh, subject of discussion after the show would be fatal. Ed says, my memory of mixing the, in uh, this record in Seattle, meaning Lightning Bolt, at which he's like, oh, yeah, record came out today, which funny, like, you know, record, it's not a thing in, in 2013 because there's like downloads and iTunes and crap. So they don't, you know, record store release day shows used to be oh, so exciting. It was still a thing. Yeah, but like you would think we've done other shows before where they released the record on that day and it was part of the storyline. And this is just this is just very much the back end of it. You know what I mean? It made me laugh, too, because I think he he gives away a copy of the of the lightning bolt record to someone. It made me laugh because if you guys remember, like there was a problem with the pressing of lightning bolt. Like, you know, I'd gotten one from the from the 10 Club, one of the first ones, the first order. And. It was all screwed up. Like it wouldn't, there was surface noise. It was all like there was parts of them that wouldn't play. And it was due to like, I think they explained it. It was due to like the die cut nature of the cover, like such an intricate kind of cover to it that it screwed up the pressing and they had to like resend pressings out to people. They had to do a separate one and send it out to people. So like I, my lightning bolt, like I have the, the original one and the, the fixed one that the corrected one that they sent out. Uh, I hope the one that this person got was one of the good ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm not even sure if I've ever listened to my version of lightning bolt Mm. on vinyl. I'm sure it's probably the the next batch that got fixed, but uh, yeah, Yeah. I, 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 I kind of knew that, but I guess I didn't know the specifics of why. Yeah. It's just one of those like rumors that that you had heard. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is actually this is pretty interesting. The story because he 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 mentioned that he'd been writing the bridge to Yellow Moon, but on this day they saw what happened at the the Boston Marathon on TV, and then he kind of makes a, this this comment. You know, you wait for twenty five foot aliens to come down so that people of all races, people of all religions can come together and uh, as one and protect themselves. And he's like, well, we do have that in a form of climate climate change. 
when you see that, you got to have faith to overcome, just like I had faith in the Red Sox in the eighth inning. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tribute to, to what happened. That I, I, I'm pretty sure that that was the first time they were in Boston since uh, the, the Boston Marathon uh, right. uh, bomber. So that was really nice stuff from Ed and uh, takes you into Yellow Moon. Undervalued Brill Jam song, I think. Absolutely. Not- you know, Absolutely. not talked about a whole lot, but also tough to attribute to Pearl Jam. Like, tough to give this song to a person and be like, yeah, this kind of defines Pearl Jam, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that, that Ed speech depressed me a little bit because, you know, he's talking about, you know, the world needs this big coming together moment. We need something to tie us all together. And what you think like a global pandemic would be the thing to do that, but we see that it has not. And it just it just kind of made me sad and depressed. But yeah, this Yellow Moon I think is, is one of the highlights of the show. It's great. It's finally like there's finally something that has a little bit of an edge to it that had a little bit of tension and like felt like they were like focused and into it. Like I I thought this was one of the highlights of the show. I love this version of Yellow Moon. first three shows they're they're getting it in uh, in yeah. the beginning and it's only been played 26 times so after the the lightning bolt initial lightning bolt years it was kind of sparse to kind of play you know throughout they wouldn't go back to it as much but yeah it's it's a nice song it's a really nice song and yeah, it's, it's not good. it's good you know it, it's not in the way of like you could say like future days is just okay it's too much it's a little too much and even too saccharine yeah yeah right uh, like Yellow Moon is just enough, like compassionate Pearl Jam, where you're you're like, okay, yeah. this yeah. this fits all all areas. This this checks these these uh, check boxes. Good version. This next one is a request from a local, and I'm going to give you a stat that it, it's not a crazy stat because it's a very simple stat. You don't need to punch in a lot of numbers to figure it out, but it's just like one. I'm going to say it, and you're going to be like, oh fuck, really? Fatal 
have been played five times. This is the fifth time that Fatal has been played, right. which is the same amount of times that Minor Matters have been played up to that point. Oh, that is, uh, that hurts. That hurts deep down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just thinking about that is just like, the fuck? How good is he? How warm as his eyes you see it's not a reprise Did he arrive too late to tell away to what only soon in his time How good is he? How warm is his heart or ego Telling me which place to part Did he relate? The message is clearly Hardly grounds for dismissal outright Grounds for dismissal outright This is the first time that they, and Ed actually says, gonna need another bottle for this one. Uh, the first time that they had played it since Buffalo in 2010. This is actually, surprisingly enough, as a podcast, our sixth of eight. They played it eight times. We yeah. This is the sixth version we've done. So we can essentially, we have the evolution down, uh, essentially. We did we did the Let Me Sleep ads, like eight or nine versions. We can do this if we wanted to. We have, the, we have the research on it. But, like, this is the moment I think everybody comes out of this saying, like, holy crap, look at what we got. We got something. We got a deep cut. We got a collector's uh, item. And, and oh, we absolutely. talked about... We talked about at the Key Arena show that a lot of the 2013 shows had at least one of these. And it feels like out of all of them, it feels like Fatal is just just tipping the rare scale just a little bit more than something else would. You know what I mean? Just a little bit Definitely. more than like an Definitely. all or none. Because not not just that it's rare, but it wasn't on an album. It's a lost dog. It's a, a phenomenal song. And it's very strange that, and even listening to this version, this is not that great of a version of Fatal. I thought it was just, they were working through it. It was light in areas. It didn't feel like they were feeling a vibe from it. And it seemed like... No, it's not the Benaroya version. Yeah. No, 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 no. And it seemed like if they worked off of the Benaroya version and played it more after that, and mm. this became more of a thing, even like once or twice or three times a tour then they can figure it out and make this really good but I don't you know you play it so few times it's not gonna get there right but you're right like this is the one where afterwards you're like oh shit we got fatal and like it's the one when you're you know when you're watching the set list on the message boards or whatever everybody pops up and you're like oh fuck like i could have like i'm sure you know you in hindsight like oh i could have gone to this and gotten fatal oh absolutely and the next night was other side so that's even that's even rarer than fatal yeah 
and again, like like you said, this this is just the era of like, yeah, we'll play anything. What, what do you got? Somebody throws out a request for Fatal. Hey, why not? We've only played it four times to this point. Like, sure, why not? Four times in ten years, break it out. I think we had talked to Clay Davis, who told us that oh, Fatal is one of the ones that I, if if I ever get it again, it'd be too soon because he had heard it three times, and oh. you can only be so lucky, right? Yeah, come <laughs> yeah. on. Spread the wealth a little bit. Share share, yeah. share the song a little bit more. So, all right. Ed says that this next one is going to be for the, all the couples that love and like each other. That's a Parks and Rec reference for most of you that that mm-hmm. that get that. Just breathe, and the band is out here for Just Breathe. It's it's Boom, Matt, and Mike. Uh, yeah, so, you say the band, and people get excited, but uh, but they're not. You shouldn't yeah. be because yeah. you're missing the key element that makes this uh, song what it is. I was so mad. Yeah, Jeff, yeah, I was pretty on, upset man. too because I said. I, I saw I saw song. Matt back there. I heard boom. Sometimes you don't yeah. even get boom back there. Like that's yeah, yeah. Mike, this song Mike, is a hundred times better with that bass line on it. One hundred percent. There's there's no there's not even a question to it. Like I in in my mind, sometimes it's not even worth the discussion mm-hmm. without the bass line. Like Mike was there, but he was kind of doing like he wasn't doing the bass line. He was just kind of following a little bit of what ed's rhythm was just yeah. kind of like plucking a little bit and I'm like that's that's weak that, that's i don't even think matt was playing i think he was just matt singing. was just singing back up yeah yep, that's it and he, yeah, he even like man i know you need a piss break but you gotta step up when this song comes up man gotta do it i i don't think he makes the calls that is the guy yeah. right up in center that's making that call so it's look, uh, boom, boom's got a nice emotional touch on it. And I guess maybe the idea was for this version to have that feel to it. And if that's what they wanted, that's what they got. So is what is. All right. This is where Ed's holding up the new record, throws it in the crowd, gives it to somebody in front. It's not a CD or a download. It's a nice piece of plastic vinyl. That sounds great when you play it loud. Our favorite mode of transportation, and it's called Spin the Black Circle. It's a cool just way of introducing that. I, I, I got like a giddy kind of fun vibe when he said that. I thought that that was kind of fun. And you'd mentioned before that Spin the Black Circle and Let the Records Play would very soon be packaged together. And like I mentioned, I believe it was the first Brooklyn night where they did that. They did a whole thing, you know, mentioning the, the local record stores yep. and kind of vinyl was starting to just rise just a little bit. And, and I think in the next three or four years, vinyl would continue to rise until where it is today so it's it's starting to get back up there but for a long time anytime he was in a place where there were a lot of notable record stores he'd be like keep those places alive and now he's just like oh new new place i could pick up some new stuff it's a fun version of spin a black circle and it's going to take you a known thought known which is going to take you into the end of the set of porch too and the, the one question i have is like what's what is going on when Ed is saying something to someone in the front, he's like, yeah, that's okay, yeah, that's okay. Like, you can see, like, he's communicating with somebody out there. I, it was weird. It was it was unsure what was going on, but there was a lot going on on stage. There's Mike running around and, and, and all that kind of stuff, and Ed jumping off drum risers and stuff like that. There's a lot going on. Yeah, was was Mike doing the laps during Spin the Black Circle? I don't think I saw that. You know, he ran over to Stone, yeah. and I thought he was going to start it, but no, yeah. uh, I, I don't think he officially did a, uh, this, a circle. This Spin the Black Circle fall fell a little flat for me. I, Ed felt like he was really struggling later on. I don't know if it was the wine or whatever, but there's a part in the middle where he is 
he almost just gives up singing because he just can't. It was a little rough. Well, the um, storyline going into the next night would be that Ed completely, his voice was, was yeah, shot. He was, he was starting to lose it here. You needed another almost like 90s, like like a breath or like put leash back here. It needed something to to grab onto with it, like to go from just breathe and to spin the black circle and non-thought known is, it just seems like an outlier. It didn't have anything to, to hold onto. It's just a little strange. Uh, it just didn't didn't really do anything for me. And I love this song. One of my top Pearl Jam songs of all time, but just felt kind of flat. I guess the idea of Backspacer Vitalogy Backspacer 10 is odd to kind of say, especially in the lightning bolt era where in an encore think, too yeah in an encore like yeah you, you kind of think okay let's start to get away from the back backspacer stuff but no the, the back of the three that they played in this set they would continue to play pretty much this whole entire tour like you yeah. know non-stop so uh, unthought known good and uh, another one played with the zen guitar for probably a purpose it feels like the the words are you know oh, very yeah. similar yep. to to his thought process and everything like that but i think the the build in that is centered around the the bass drum and how it just progressively i'm just listening to matt hit that and it's just progressively getting faster and faster in the intro and it's just allowing the song to get this big build and big rise i think that's the best and that's what sets unthought known apart from swallowed whole is that you 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 get a big rise out of it you can get excitement you can build to that and you can build to a big moment i thought this version did a nice job of doing that I said it with Lightning Bolt, not a song that we've listened to a lot on the yeah. show in the last couple weeks, so it, it feels like it's a bit of a refresher where I can say, all right, we haven't been really dug into Unthought Known in a while. I mean, it, it might be it might be a top three moment. It was very good. But, it again, this this whole show, just it just it just kind of runs together. It was missing like a big anchor moment, maybe. Let's close out the first encore and then we got five more to, to trudge through to grumpy john over here doesn't <laughs> like this show to be, i didn't say i didn't like it it's a very happy you might show. Be surprised by my rating it's just this is not uh, the the shows that i i gravitate toward and we've been doing a lot of big shows lately like a lot of big like touchstone they need narrative emotional shows like narrative shows and this mm-hmm. one just doesn't have that I fully agree. I think the shows that I've liked talking about lately, and even last week, I don't care about YouTube, but it was something to talk about. You know, I, right. I, had, I had a bullshit. I had a bullshit in the beginning with you guys and talk about how to pronounce Worcester because I didn't really have too much else to bring to the table in this one. What am I going to say? Like third show of lighting, there's not much to grab to. Fully agree with you, and I had the same thought going into it, but I, I still. Still like the performances. Well, we'll see. Trust me, I'm, I'm not going to give it. I'm not going to give it a four when we get to the ratings. Trust me, it's, it's <laughs> going to be fine. Anything it's is going to be fine. Four. 
All right, Porch closes it out, lowering the orbs, time to play ball. By the way, just backtracking way, 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 way back to the beginning, but I noticed that the orbs were lowered during Small Town. Hmm. I don't know if that was something that they were consistently doing. I, I, I don't have like a, a vivid memory because I'd seen Small Town a couple times on that tour, but I don't have this vivid memory of, of the orbs going down during it. Yeah, I don't remember. Porch every single time, and look, Ed is going to do his thing. He sees something he can swing on, something, and, and this this set was probably curated exactly for whoever was building it to say, okay, Ed, you can do something, or Ed saying saying to them, like, how can I have fun with this? Or what can I do to have fun on something? And, and they're like, shit, let's do some orbs, light orbs, sure. Hop on an orb. Go swinging, and and that's going to be most of the big shows at this tour. What what he's going to do? So and and he doesn't have like a full fledged swing. He just kind of rocks back and forth a little bit. But it's yeah, it's, it's, it's fun, again, fun it's for fun. the crowd. It always gets a big crowd reaction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it. it's Absolutely. everybody pulls out their phones, and everybody's going to get the picture. It's a big photo oh, yeah. opportunity. You can yeah. find a million videos of him swinging on those orbs. Yep, because uh, everyone is... pulled out their phone and started video. Right. It's, it's, uh, if we only had video in 1993, 1994, where yeah, he was going yeah. up to balconies and crap like that, then maybe it wouldn't be as, uh, as sacred kind of a thing. But no, it was a cool moment. Good porch. A couple of funny things in porch. I don't know if you saw. There's one near the end where Stone and Jeff and Mike are kind of huddled around Matt. And Stone is doing the big kiss rock move, like he's going down with the guitar and then coming back up, like bringing it way back up in the air, like yeah, yeah, back okay. and forth. And he starts doing that, and then Jeff and Mike start doing it. They kind of have a like. Of course, Mike is going to be he yes. sees anything kiss. He's like, yes, you can just see it in the corner of the video because the video is kind of focused on Ed. But up in the top of the video, you'll see stone he starts doing it and then jeff and mike start doing it. for a minute there's like not even a minute a few seconds all three of them are doing like the big kiss like rock move to porch it's hilarious and there's a moment too when ed goes down in the crowd grabs someone's hand and the guy will not let go of ed's hand he like latches on to his hand and ed's kind of like okay dude like i'm singing the song i'm gonna move on i got some other people on this row i want to talk to this guy's like nope I got you right here, and he. You coming home with me, bud? He he holds on to him for a you long time. You want to come to Red Sox games? Yeah, yeah. A couple of funny moments <laughs> during Porch. If, if you're if you're watching, Porch is pretty much, and because of the orbs, I would think it's the set closer just about every single night on this tour, and yeah, with, with good reason. So, all right, second encore, another toast. Why not? We end up playing really long shows here in this town, but we need to play one for the underprivileged people in the back. And Ed says, oh, hello, 222. Hello, 223. And the video doesn't do it justice because right behind the stage, Mm -hmm. like dead center behind the stage are a bunch of empty seats. So yeah, the people are higher up. They didn't mm -hmm. didn't go go higher up to get the, the reaction from the people there. Right, so it feels like they're just singing to nothing, yeah. uh, unfortunately. So it's it's a bit of a bummer version of Last Kiss, and it's it's been quite a while since we've we've touched Last Kiss on the show. Which fine, it, you know. It, it, I think we not, have not the most not the most beloved Pearl Jam song, but of course not. People, but, but but the people who like it love it. And again, like when we did those Bridge School shows, it was like doesn't get much better than that so i always i don't i don't mind it i have kind of a soft spot for it so i think it's it's kind of fun and like they always and again it, it fits within the the theme of the show where they're just having fun 
playing fun songs, having a great time. Break out Last Kiss for the back. Why not? And they were planning it out at that point because Matt had the kit back there as well. Oh, yeah. So oh, that, yeah. that's always going to be a moment. I think most of the shows that I went to that year, maybe most of the elderly women's that I saw, and maybe that's why the orbs didn't go down, were, were mm-hmm. played to the back. So, mm-hmm. yep. That, that all happened. Ed says, it, it's good to have humility. I mentioned this before, but might as well get into the full thing. But something crazy happened. Our record was number one on iTunes, and he has this kind of list that he, he's looking at. Yeah, it so Rody brings him out a, li- a sheet of paper, like a staple mm-hmm. sheet of paper or something. And it was number one on iTunes in 54 different countries. And it's all like, okay, yeah, Canada and Germany and, and France and Italy and America and, and yada, yada, yada. But he's like Estonia, Antigua, Egypt, Mongolia, Honduras, Israel, Bolivia, like, and keeps going on and on and on random countries, all different types of places. And he mentions, he's like, you know, we're, we're playing a long show tonight. Cause we don't know the next time we'll see it because we got a, a lot of places to visit after this. So if only, if, only yeah crazy mary follows that up and if you listen real closely you hear stone's guitar kind of and i guess this is like happening right after last kiss because you're going from you know he he still has the electric on i think he's going from the electric then puts down and goes to acoustic but Mm -hmm. you slightly hear the chord for black and i went back i'm like i think they were about to play black the set list does indeed have black happening instead of crazy mary Yep. So it's but again, not genier. not a black night. Not no. wouldn't have wouldn't have fit in with this. That's more of a big, heavier moment. But there, there's something funny too. I think in, you hear someone in the crowd just yell out for a song, and I'm like, "What is that?" And I played it back, and I was like, "Is this person yelling out for I Davanita?" It felt like they were yelling <laughs> I Davanita, but it's he comes back later, and it's he's yelling WMA. So uh, someone very loudly next to where this was being recorded is screaming for WMA, but yeah, not, not to be, not to be done at this show. Nope. Unfortunately not. Sorry. But, uh, I look, I'd be screaming right with you. Even if it was, yeah. I dive and eat it, I'd, I'd yeah. help you out there. But you know, I didn't expect to get two of the random vitality songs know, referencing right? the yeah. show, but, yeah. but we somehow made it work. But crazy Mary is the one here. And I think this is, a good indicator of where Ed is at the night and how he's feeling because yes, that's, that's all you need to know. Let's spell the word loitering. (laughs) A little country store with a sign back to the side. So no L-O-I-T-E-I-R-E-N-G. He goes, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Buy him a vowel, doesn't matter. But yeah, just just fun. And there's another moment where he's like laughing it off. I think it's at the end. He he messes up and he's like, hey, I think he asked for another bottle of wine mid-song. Like, just... Third or fourth bottle of thing, yeah, yeah. However, let's let's just zoom right over to the far north corner of the set to where Boom Gas Bars is nicely perched, and you get a very, very, very good duel and good like back and forth between Boom and Mike. It's wonderful. 
we're doing the research right now for Crazy Mary Evolution, and this is going to be obviously one of the big talking points, but listening to versions like this where they can just go and keep going back and forth just makes yeah. you smile. It just yeah. really does. Those are the fun moments. And, and doing a lot of the research going back and seeing comments that people have and saying like, oh, I like any Crazy Mary that booms on. I'm like, get out of here. Get out of here. I'm not saying it's a bad take, but it's it's a rough take. Uh-huh. It's a yeah that that's a that's an elitist take. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Boom getting a little funky on this one to begin with. Felt like he was he was channeling some kind of like R and B vibes, some kind of seventies R and B vibes on this one to start with. But then oh, you gotta you gotta go back and watch Mike on this when he goes over to see Boom. He he does what can only be described as a saunter over to where boom is he is like taking his time it's like it's it's very close to a strut he's soaking in the moment he's walking he's just taking his time just cool as a cucumber just taking my time getting over there shows up next to boom he's like all right show me what you got These are always fun. Just again, it totally fits them. It makes perfect sense that they would scratch black and play this instead of the show. I want to challenge people and name me any other touring member of a band, not not actual member, but touring member of a band that gets the kind of chant for their name like Boom does. I don't think yeah. they're out there. J- Jason White from Green Day doesn't. Uh, he's uh, he's an official member now, though. Oh yeah, he's a, he's he a was a touring member for a while. Right. Um, the the keyboard guy Rami from Foo Fighters I don't think he gets a moment like this probably even not. though I think he's probably in the band now too I can't try not yeah they're like six or seven else. people yeah. in the Foo Fighters now yeah yeah I know Radiohead had a second drummer they were touring with for a while but yeah Boom is is his own thing we gotta hit the somewhat of a bread and butter and kind of wrap this thing up from alive into Sonic Reducer into Indifference which is a different kind of bread and butter nice because yeah. Sonic Reducer you know, you don't think of it as being that like penultimate end of this set kind of song, but you're coming That's back you. tomorrow night. I think the next night you're probably going to get Rockin' in the Free World or Bob O'Reilly. So, and a lot better, yeah. Right, you're able to work around that and be like, okay, yeah. what something different? Let's let's do something different here. Let's let's give them for a lot of the old school fans they didn't play Sonic Reducer. It got played uh, three times on the store. So yeah, they and another big another often. big Boston tie-in back to you know Orpheum and stuff like that. Sure. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very very cool choice here. I like this a lot. I really like this Sonic Reducer, and it, it's it's one that they can do more than slightly inebriated, and it still sounds good for Ed. But 
Stone just kills it on this. I, I yeah. really like this. I, I wish they would. I wish they would play it more. Stone Solo is just out, out cool. of this world. Very, very good. Yeah. And you can even tell in the beginning, like they were off a little bit, and it's kind of sounded a little janky in the beginning. But like, it doesn't matter. For yeah, Sonic not producer, with a song like this, yeah. You figure it out. It's it's fine. It's four chord fest. You can figure it out. And then you're closing off with the difference, like I mentioned. And I know we kind of just like skimmed uh, ahead of Alive, but it, it's Alive's powerful. It's still got. It's, it's good. Still had some had a little power behind it. I thought it was great. Indifference. It kind of gives another toast to the crowd and says that they were great all night and it was great response. And to get it, the lights on, I think. Look, last week I used the word pandering, and and maybe that wasn't the right word to use because you got upset mm. that I used that word. Yeah, However, yeah. it's like you used, you used it again tonight, and I I was tempted to. When did I use it? I got you for when? Uh, you were talking about small town, I think. Uh, I, said, okay, pandering is maybe not I, the right word. We got to figure out another phrase to use for those you, moments that gotta, are less I offensive. I don't think that's conveying the right thing that you're trying to say. Probably not, but it's the, the reaction and, and working off the crowd and getting them to clap in the beginning and the lights on. It's, it's a different mindset of what they were doing last week. But like I mentioned, the last week's show, the 2005, where they're not closing the set with it, where the lights are off, and then you hear the crowd that just does it all on its own. That leads for them to do versions like this, where they can connect and and make that kind of last appropriate goodbye with the crowd where they don't have to just keep continuing to rely on light better yes i agree this is like the big the big sing-along and it did again you're getting release and long road at the beginning and you're getting indifference at the end you feel like this would be a different vibe of a show but it just it's just a little strange i just see it as just normal night on the lightning bolt tour yeah Not yeah really yeah. much else to say about it but they say goodbye to the crowd and mike's got his shirt off for some reason i didn't see <laughs> why or how or nor do i care yeah. but naked mike mccready naked mike mccready matt cameron's still clothed and then for those of you with a keen ear he says call me ed call me al it's not right. the bite from the theme song but it's very close i think that that bite that you hear at the end of our of our opening theme you can call me ed you can call me al just call me or why don't you i think well, that's, the that's paul simon thing that's a reference to that paul simon that's song. a reference to the paul simon song but i think the show that it happened on happens during in and around these weeks it's one okay. of four Okay. I think it's I think it's like one of the Brooklyn shows, something like that. Because there, mm-hmm. there was a time when I was making, I was creating that theme song. I didn't have the kind of bootleg collection that I did now. I was very, it was sure. very sparse, so uh, it got there. It built. I got there. But okay, let's uh, pick three from this show that that we enjoy and want to talk about more. Yeah, I'm gonna go Sonic Producer, number three, Crazy Mary number two, and Yellow Moon number one. Fantastic. Uh, I'm going to say nothing as it seems as my number three. Oh, this is a tough one to think of a number one. It, it's. Yeah. Yeah. It, Especially from that main set. It's hard to pick something it, out that. You know what? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say Crazy Mary is my number two. I'm going to say Corduroy. And I, like, it might be hmm. a little chalk, but Corduroy was definitely. Had a good energy from it from this show. I was definitely enjoying really? it. I, I didn't think okay. I'd have it as my number one, but okay. I think I'd have it as my number three. But I, I liked those three 
enough where they deserve mention. There's other things I really like in this, like Let the Records Play, and, and I think Fatal needs to be mentioned among the highlights of the show, sure. even though sure. the performance itself... Unthought-known, yeah. very good. The, the performance of Fatal itself, I think that... Look, I say it all the time, or used to say it all the time, there's a difference between... And that'll go into the rating, and I might as well just kind of tee that up. Um, there's a difference between the way that you perceive a show when you see it live and the way that you listen to it on a bootleg. And if you listen to anything that we've said here tonight, it's completely different situation than to how people in took it when they were at that show. And you can tell just by listening to it, that it had a really, really good vibe back and forth with each other the the crowd and the band were on the same page they seemed that the songs were were performed fine it wasn't earth anything earth shattering it's not going to be close to any of everybody left Boston in a good shows. mood everybody went to the show and left in a good mood and happy to come back the next yeah. night too yeah. and and again look i think fatal's the big moment that people say like they played fatal at the show it's one of the white whales i got a white whale and they're happy about that and this is the era for the white whale but to think in the grand scheme of things that it's, it's overall just a lot of fun. And yep. a lot of people would say 20 songs in a main set. Give me that every night. That's a lot easier to intake when you're in the arena than when you're, you're sitting at in, in my situation, sitting in a rocking chair with your sleeping baby, listening to it on your AirPods on your iPad and taking notes on your, on your, on your phone. It's a different situation than actually yeah. being in the crowd and listening yeah. to it live. So I went first last week. You go first this week. Ooh, I, I kind of want to still make you go first, but I don't think we're in danger tonight. So I'm going to give this one a, a solid seven and a half solid middle of the road. Yeah, I was in between like seven and a half and eight. I don't want to say there was negativity coming from our discussion of this tonight. I, I enjoyed this as an overall show, yeah. but like as like a that's really tough because I, I I'm gonna have to go seven point five two just because <laughs> it's gonna lose that half of a point because the narrative didn't take you anywhere. It was just. It was just a show and a good show, and that's okay. They can be those shows, but you got to separate the bunch. Like, a show with a good narrative, and last week could have, in my mind, been a seven show, but it had a good narrative, even if it was Bono and U2, so it got half a point more for, for being that way. I think that this one is maybe, in other cases, an eight show and loses that half for, for that factor, so... Hmm. Okay. Seven seven point five is across the board here. This is you know not a Hall of Fame show by any means, and we're not trying to make Hall of Fame shows here. But you know, just stating the case, and let's just see what we have next week. What do we got? Do you know what we have? I do. We are oh love it. Going back to nineteen ninety eight, we had a request from our patron Jeremy Curtis, and we are going to Indianapolis. You say Indianapolis, I say Noblesville, because most places will Mm -hmm. say Noblesville there, and I think we had that discussion with Clarksville, or (laughs) Clarksville, Clarkston Uh and Detroit, uh, which which is which, and what do you say? And and I don't know if we want to wash, rinse, repeat talking points on that, but we'll see what this ends up being on the promotion. Probably Noblesville, but yes, it's Indianapolis. Excited uh, to do area. 1998 though. That's going to be, it's going to be absolutely for sure. Very cool. I love that tour. 
Absolutely. Yep. Definitely something new. And hey, if you happen to like the show today, if you enjoyed what you listened to and, and we didn't, you know, grumpify this show enough for you, then uh, hey, why don't you follow us on social media? Follow us on Twitter at Live and Four Looks Pod or the pod- podcast community group. All you got to do on Facebook is search Pearl Jam Podcast Community and you should find a bunch of people that are really into the podcast, not just us, but Better Band, State of Love and Trust, Touring Fan, a couple of those other podcasts as well that do a really good job. And if you want to help us get some more visibility, Spotify has a rating system now. Rate us five stars on Spotify. We had like in one you know, 24 hour period, we had 21 ratings of five stars. I just want to shout out everybody that, that were nice enough to do that. You guys are awesome. And Apple, obviously the ratings comments that all helps us, helps us get the visibility. If people search for Pearl Jam, search for specific terms, if they know that people are rating us pretty high, they're like, okay, we can bump this one up a little bit and give this one a little bit more play. So yeah, that'll, that'll help us out. Anything helps the show, Patreon, all that stuff helps. Uh, and just you listening and reacting is, is the best part. Uh, and to get in touch with us and if you want to talk about your favorite moments from this show, if you want to talk about something that you want us to cover for the future, if look, we're open to, to listening to people. If you're not even patrons, we're opening to listen to requests. We'll put it on a list and some, at some point in, in the future, we'll get to it. The email is always open live and for legs podcast at gmail.com. So that's the way we'll close this one out. And, uh, I'll go into the spiel here. This may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already. I miss you always. Thanks for tuning in. Boy, these lightning bolt shows are sure are long. I think we're going to do like a 24, 25 song set next week. Noblesville, Indiana. See you there. Announce the tour dates. 